0: Three. Season number one one not go the moment podcast Rory O'Toole Yeet. Serena Karana Woo. We're gonna complete, be completing the second part of a two part series Chronicling the The famous Viking Jones era And I think for all of our sakes This is probably gonna be the last time we Ever talk about Viking Jones uh, For better or for worse and gonna we're gonna. Be tough. And today we're of gonna course. be. Uh, we're gonna be look, taking a look at the at this past season and the subsequent off season, albeit one that's kind of still in progress. And as listeners may know, this was the one season that all three of us covered together. It's gonna be fun. We got to look back on some of our favorite memories. To quote Chrissy Aguilar, former sports editor, life's all about the memes. Uh, the but- memes.
1: <laughs> that's like when an old person reads meme. In their head. All these MEMS <laughs> That's great.
0: But, but first off, Serena, we got some business to, to address.
2: What's that, Justice?
0: The great Berkeley Bake Off. It finally happened. Now, just for some context, in, in fall 2018, when I was an assistant, almost every Friday, like, like clockwork, I would make hella cookies, bring them to our Friday meetings. 2017. 2017? Yeah, fall 2017. I was not an assistant fall 2018. And I'd bring them and then everybody would, everybody would chant hooray, like a group <laughs> of school children. And then every, someone would throw me on the snap, I would flex my little chain. I don't know, just, I would, I would embrace like the, the whole team mom aspect of it. Uh, then the next semester I was head sports editor. Didn't really have the energy to do them, to make cookies ever again, so I completely stopped. And that kind of seeped into the past couple semesters. And it's gotten to the point where people have been kind of clamoring for them.
2: Tempers are rising, yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. It's basically like the McRib at McDonald's. Whenever they take it away, people just lose their minds.
0: And it kind of got to the point where it became like a myth. Like, a lot of the yeah. new hires had never had them before, and they were just like, what What are these cookies we're talking about? Is this so, this uh, <laughs> This is a code for something bigger yeah. that we it don't got, know about. Is
1: that editing slang? Like, what <laughs> is this?
0: Yeah. So, this past weekend, uh, the sports department had our first ever retreat actually I don't think sports departments ever had a retreat we have editors retreats but never a a sports specific one and unfortunately Rory you weren't able to be there with us duty calls unfortunately unfortunately allegedly yeah. allegedly
1: with so I didn't want to hang out with you guys.
0: <laughs> that was it yeah. so on retreat up in Tahoe we had the Great Berkeley Bake Off you know elevation may have been a factor you know we really had to consider that oh youth- really
2: the yeast you rises quickly. <laughs> no, no, we have to get this straight. Before, before the competition ensued, um, Justice, what I told Justice, like things might come out differently because the elevation. He was like, no, 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 Serena, like stop making up things. Like it's just baking. Like nothing's gonna happen. I
1: mean, you are a mile up there.
0: Well, you know that's the whole reason that they they have the years of wines. Because when they have the years, that's how they can dictate what the weather was and, like, what the climate was. So when someone says, like, a a 92 vino, that's what they mean because they look back to the weather and it's like, okay, that's what the weather was and how it affected the quality of the drink. So we hashed it out, like, some grown-ups in front of Tahoe. There was 11 people, so it was a a perfect— it was it was Odd a number. it was a sample size. There there wouldn't be a tie.
2: Yeah, Rory, if you were there, that might have caused some chaos. It might yeah. have caused some
1: chaos. My whoever bought me off was going to get my vote.
0: There might have been a there might have been a full fight. It might have had to have been like, because uh, the way that we handled the voting was we just had everybody cast their own vote. But if there was twelve, we might, me and Serena might have Russians had to the Russians involved? Do we know? Oh,
1: hacking uh, scandal. Do Into we have voting
2: here? You know, I don't think so. Was that in it, the Mueller report,
1: guys? We'll have news department get back to us yeah. on that. <laughs> Paging but them right I, now. Think,
0: I think at this point we should go over our our approaches. Okay. I went with the I, – I kept it OG. I didn't think any gimmicks were necessary. Like straight, a Jones straight, straight chocolate chip. Are
2: you trying to say I had gimmicks going on?
0: I will wow. let the people decide what they want, but I just went with a straight it's chocolate a chip.
1: Jones offense right here, dude. It's just you know,
0: one-on-one. For, for those that care about Pull the, the, the recipe – two cups of flour, a little bit of salt, a little bit of baking powder. Me and Serena had a very vicious argument about baking powder versus baking soda. And I also had like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a chocolatey spread that I threw on top. They look gorgeous. Maybe I'll throw it on Twitter. There's a secret ingredient there. I'm not going to mention what the secret ingredient was. That's That's all. That's it's top classified information. I'm just going to say, Rory, I feel like you would have had a, a special – I think you would have appreciated mm. it more than the average consumer. Wow. And Serena, what did you go with? Because I mentioned you guys – I'm, I'm going to say it was gimmicky. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. That's, That's all, all I'm going to say. And all I'm going to say is your chocolate sauce was gimmicky, too, if, like, you mm. think mine more gimmicks. Um, yeah. Anyways, I started with a classic chocolate chip cookie. Um, Keyword started two and a half Ooh. cups of flour in there, um, some baking powder, brown sugar only, no white sugar. Um, That's some I'm butter not, I'm not say and, on that. and <laughs> then I added some little toffee bits and butterscotch Ooh. chips for a little twist in there. Oh, I see ya. Um, so I thought Damn. the little add-ins were added That's a little a crunch with the toffee, a little like extra kick of sweet with the butterscotch. And Roy, I think you probably would have appreciated it more than I Like I said, I'm consumer. totally corrupt,
1: so whoever paid me off the most would get my vote. This is
0: exactly where we whoever differed pop. because I went, you know, I went Tim Duncan, big fundamental. Like let's not let's not get let's not too crazy here. The wheel here. You went Allen Iverson. We're gonna change the game. You know, your cookies were the equivalent of like the arm sleeve and headband combination. So <laughs> that's that's sort of where our contrast was. And wow. ultimately,
2: who won? Who prevailed?
1: Who has more uh, championships, though, huh?
0: It was it was a tough to it was tough to announce. Do you want to do you want to say it? I'll purposes? say it. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Serena won six to five, an incredibly close vote. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta stick to your morals. You gotta stick to what you know best. You gotta stick to the fundamentals. And unfortunately, you know, I, I will say this though. You know, the fundamentals that's eventually what's gonna win you the championships. But, you know the wow. the creativity that's what gets you the the fame and I'm wow. more I'm more in the interest of pleasing the masses than wow. you know pleasing NBA Twitter. So you're over saying here.
2: I was creative and not what were they at
0: Fundamental. Fundamental. I will say this, Serena. Mm-hmm. When, All right. Well, does when, that
2: mean you want to have another bake
0: off? We can most definitely to have another bake off. Reevaluate if it
2: was just like this one-time fame I, I, or I, if. It oh, was. oh. I will say two let's things, do Serena. It. I will say let's two things. Let's do it. All right. Let's hear this. The, the one
0: things. thing is I cooked for everybody, both that day and that night. Your cooking
2: is independent of your I know, I'm just I'm saying I
0: just gotta I gotta make it known.
2: You're defending your loss.
0: Some eggs, some bacon, some pancakes in the morning, some of my some of excellent. my
2: are, are you bringing chef, up
1: fatigue here way. fatigue may have been a factor.
0: it may have been fatigue fatigue may have been a factor huh. i'll also mention that and rest is starters i finally brought out the mac and cheese that i've never presented to anybody that's just been whoa that's never left the boundaries of my house wow. i finally brought it out i made two of those like costco size bags they were gone in five minutes that really warmed my heart
2: i'm I'll, not gonna lie justice i thought we were talking about the bake-off
0: I'm just He's saying pivoting. we got we to gotta continue. He doesn't want right, to. We are talking wait about baking. I'm
2: proud of your successes outside of the baking.
0: No, Serena, we are talking about <laughs> the I mean, baking. That, that
2: was a success, I <laughs> guess,
0: so. I got to mention something, Serena. Okay. I will mention that, you know, when I was doing my baking, you know, I was staying independent. I was staying in my own lane. I was sticking to my <laughs> recipe and I knew it. Whoa. And you were to my left, and you were, you were asking me some <laughs> suggestions, Serena. You oh. were saying, My flowers, you mean, see, you said my dough's looking a little she bit of dry. What move? should I do, Justice? And I was like, Serena, you know, I thought this is a competition. Why are you coming to me for these suggestions? So I wow. will say that when you're evaluating Serena's cooking, you got to take that into a little buddy, buddy.
2: And I would like to add really quickly that um, the whole Saturday, this contest competition um took place saturday evening the whole of saturday that's just like i just don't want to bake i don't want to bake i don't feel up to it i feel sick i don't want to bake and then he he's like okay i'm gonna bake but like he just kept talking about how he didn't want to bake and then it's like what are your intentions uh, was he point, making, you know? excuses? Like, serena, it, making excuses before was it like lebron coming with the started? cast after exactly uh, <laughs>
1: <the game> <laughs> swept?
0: <laughs> serena all i'm gonna say about that and i mentioned it I mentioned it numerous times, the days prior and the days of.
2: <laughs> no one forced you to agree to it. No sir cer- Serena, to you co- you coerced I me. You
0: coerced not. me into doing it. I will say this, this. is the last thing I'm gonna say on this. Serena, I recorded a podcast on Friday with Joey. Shout out to Jose Patron. And I <laughs> mentioned it in the very first thing that I said. <laughs> I'm feeling under the weather and I didn't want that to impact excuses. both the cookies and the department. I didn't want to risk I didn't want a temporary reward. Well, it sounds like the, the
2: department has a little conflict just between you and I, but
0: is this a I basketball think. podcast or is this a baking podcast? This I don't is, even know anymore. We have we have some basketball to talk about.
1: No, nah, I wanna keep talking about this. This is much more interesting. My god. I feel it like, what else is there? This goes so deep. We'll yeah it really now.
2: just shows you who we are as people but
0: yeah you know you're willing to get creative i'm willing to stick to the basics you know i i will ha- i will make a note that uh bandana justice came out this weekend oh it was more a function of me not wanting to mess up my hair because you know i didn't have any product but you know i think that i think is that, that-
1: like when justice suing got the new haircut
0: That might be how wrestle special. It brings out the best in us and in some cases it might bring out the worst in us, but that's all I'm gonna say about (laughs) that. So basketball. Basketball, baking, Berkeley, the great bees of the world. Mm. So the last time that we last time that we started or ended, we talked about uh, the 17-18 season. You know, Cal went eight and twenty-four and now transitioning into this one, I want to focus. I want to start off by talking about you know our expectations. Uh, not heading into the bake off, as you, you may uh, be led to assume, but heading into the the 2018-19 season. Now, just to provide a little more context, in that 17-18 season, Cal finishes 8 and 24. According to Ken Palm, they ranked 244th of 351 Division One teams. The key losses: Marcus Lee, Kingsley Okoro. Both of whom graduated, and Don Coleman, who said, "Yeet, I'm out." He's going to South Alabama. Uh, the key players retained: Justice Suing, Darius McNeil, Jawan Harris, Dyson Grant Antisevich, and the key additions: Paris Austin, Matt Bradley, Connor Vanover, Andre Kelly, Jacoby Gordon. Now, with that foundation in place, you know we have a general idea of what we were, th- you know, what the context was going to the season. I do want to bring up the question once again what were our expectations heading into this season? And were we right to have those expectations? Now, Rory, me and Serena have been talking a lot of smack. I think it's time to, you know, pass the microphone off to you because... Well, did we want to bring up what
1: we wrote? What we published? I think this is a fantastic time to bring up what we wrote. So
0: prior to the season, uh, we wrote a little bit of a shoot around. We were asked a couple of questions. And, you know, me and Rory did the best of our ability to answer those questions based on the context that we had, Rory the floor is yours i will let you go first yeah just before you read any of them please just state the question and then we'll go into it from there
1: well we had several questions let's see which of these is the
0: i think the 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 best one to start off with is the best worst case scenario
1: yeah we'll start with the best worst case scenario and so it's what's the best case scenario for this team heading into the year And what was the worst case? And this is you verbatim. This is what I
0: wrote. This is what you wrote. You put pen to paper and you published this out to the world.
1: This is Rory
2: O'Toole on November 8th.
1: (laughs) November 8th, the year of our Lord, 2018. All right, best case. I wrote, Cal rallies around, sophomore scores Justice Suing and Darius McNeil, while Bradley and Gordon emerge as secondary threats and Paris Austin becomes the ultimate... Glu- glue guy. glue <laughs> guy. Uh the Bears surprised some teams early in the season and maybe even score an upset over Washington? What?
2: Warrior tool.
1: Yo, Nostradamus. You heard it. More Arizona. Here. I was wrong on that. NIT birth. That was the best case scenario. I think uh I think you were stretching the arms out a little bit because you're kind of reaching on that one. A bit reaching. A little bit of a reach. All right. Worst case. Worst case. case. Connor Vanover becomes the next Sean Bradley, the one who got dunked on all the time. We suck just as badly as last season. I cry that we're Washington State South. So there's a lot to
0: there's a lot to digest in that one. And you know, I don't want to. T- I, I don't just want to-, to say
1: I'm a prophet. <laughs> I will be charging double my rates from last year. Uh, if you wanna know what your future holds, just call my one eight hundred number. I accept crypto. And coinage, I'm open for business. I don't want Anyways, s- I don't want to spend too much
0: time on what we said beginning of the season. I do want to go into the season, but there's a lot to unpack in that one. I think I think the one that's you know I think especially because he's still in the portal, and you know you know the the role that media can play in these decisions. Sean Bradley, the <laughs> the next Connor Vanover, well, do you I- think that one came to fruition because he did get dunked on? quote-unquote dunked on a couple times. It was more of those dunks
1: where he was just kind of in the vicinity. Ira really Lee caught a body. With allegedly. Hanover. No, that's not even allegedly. Look at the tape. It depends on how Roll you look the tape at the tape, back. Though. It Release depends the on how you look at the tape. Uh, I don't know. He got dunked on by someone else, I believe. Right? Maybe. But for the most part, he did not get dunked on. I was shocked. I thought he was going to be... That tall, lanky white guy who just gets dunked on, which Sean Bradley was the ultimate. If you watch any 90s NBA dunk highlights, half of them are with Sean Bradley getting absolutely eviscerated.
0: I know that t Mac's birthday just passed, and I was seeing That's a lot of those old highlights. Dunk. Oh, my God. He's, he, like, drives right past Dirk's and then it on Bradley. That was one of the on nastiest,
1: nastiest, nastiest posters of all time.
0: So the, the end of that part, I'm going to read them for you again. Quote, we suck just as badly as last season. I cry that we're Washington State South. Now, Washington State South. Yeah. The thing we got to consider about that is, you know, Cal ended with a lot more losses than Washington State. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, if we're looking back, that's a little bit of a disrespect to Washington State. Yeah, Washington State.
1: We weren't even Washington State South. We were.
2: We were like the Deep South. Washington we were just, State Deep South. Yeah.
1: We're, some even worse purgatory have they had as many losses as us in the past two years? maybe I was off it about has a few to be years. it has to be fewer I mean they've sucked for so long so now I think
0: one of the one of the questions that kind of caught my eye too, and I think this would give you a good endpoint in terms of our expectations for the season, but one of the the very first question that was asked in this article was uh, how would you define a successful season for this team, and for me, I said. 12 or 13 wins and that was sort of my expectation where if if not 12 or 13 at minimum cracking double digits and I think I think we had reason to believe that they would at least hit that 10 win threshold especially if we believe in the idea of year-to-year growth you know justice Sewing once he was really given the keys to the offense he really turned on the scoring in conference play he averaged 15.8 points as a freshman and he had this nice little stretch where 11 consecutive games with double figures. That's pretty nice to get out of a three star prospect. And then you have Darius McNeil breaking Alan Crabbe's program record for most threes in a season by a Shout freshman. Out, Alan Crabbe. Jawan Harris Dyson coming off a very promising season despite the health issues. Then you're adding Paris Austin into the mix. He didn't play that 17 18 season because of transfer rules, but he had a full off season. not even a full off season. a full season to really just work on his game. And then you're also getting. You know, a nice crop of young talent, one of the better incoming classes in the Pac-12, and you know, even in retrospect, I think we were justified in believing this team could crack at minimum. 10 in a historically,
1: pack bad Pac-12. In that a historically bad. We knew was going to be really historically bad. It was totally reasonable, but we had too much hope.
2: Yeah, I remember um, the season before last that. Coming to sports meetings and listening to Sophie um, and Justice kind of talk about... Both Calvin. the Sophies. Both Shout out the to Gothels
0: and Durham. Um, oh, that's right. And
2: they, I remember them saying, like, this is just the worst basketball team, ever, you know, in, like, Cal history. And so when I joined this little um, adventure that we went on, um, <laughs> I was definitely expecting better than the season before. I was well, you thought
1: we couldn't go anywhere...
2: Lower, yeah. Lower. Yes. I even
0: said that in when I was writing uh, for the game day that we had, the future of Calmen's basketball, I think my lead was even, you can only go up from here. I remember that. And Sweet that,
1: summer children we were, to believe
0: that. I was nothing but a boy back in the day. You <laughs> got schooled to the game. So, and one of the, you know, I think we should also, I think it'd be fun to list our X factors for the season because of yeah. just how starkly they contrast what happened. Uh, my, I've this
1: for the first time in a long time.
0: My X Factor for the season, and I've mentioned this. I,
1: I will defend your pick, though. That yeah, I've, pick.
0: I've mentioned this a couple times <laughs> in the season. You know, you can go with the more popular picks, you know, Paris Austin, uh, Justice Suing, Darius McNeil. But I went with Juwan Harris-Dyson. And I think just considering a lot of the, you know, how McNeil and Suing were kind of made into the, the face of the team, I think it was really easy to forget that. Harris Dyson not only produced, but he did that with the fact that he did lose the twenty pounds, like right prior to the season, and in addition to having to regain that weight, he also had to learn the speed of the college game. I've mentioned this ad nauseum, and I really thought there was, you know, the possibility that he could, you know, bump that scoring average up to maybe eight and become not a primary ball handler, but maybe a secondary or tertiary. He the one game that ball handler, the,
1: Juwan Harris Dyson.
0: The one game that got, really gave me some confidence that. that he could evolve into that was the Washington State home game where I forgot who it was. Someone on Washington State hits that like buzzer beater—not buzzer beater layup, but like a layup with like two seconds left—and ultimately sinks them. But in that game, Jawan came really close to a triple double. I think his final stat line was like 11 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. And for him to do that, not necessarily 100 percent. I think that was, that was my rationale with that pick, and as we've mentioned again, ad nauseum, that's not exactly how things turned out. But I w- I it is worth noting, on a more newsy edge, Duane Harris-Dyson actually is going to be coming back to Cal. I saw him today. You did see Tom him
1: this morning walking into class. Man had the backpack on.
2: The Cal
1: Basketball. The He
0: will be returning to the team. Uh, Serena, did you, did you have some, some yeah, news yeah. on backpack the backpack related uh, news? On, on a side backpack note.
2: Backpack news. Um, justice suing. Spotted on campus outside Valley Life Science building. Is that the
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. VLSB. He As they, they did call it not the have
2: the backpack on. It was like this. He weird, gone. Weird black, and red and white backpack. Had Stanford, some interesting design. Washington Definitely State, USC—definitely not Stanford, but maybe we can extract some meaning from there.
0: Ohio State, was it an MCM backpack?
2: Nope. Shout Ouch. out to
0: Sob Rbe. No no, no, no. But and you said you had some some defense for my pick. Yeah, I'm I mean you you that. broke
1: it down. Um, he was the highest rated guy coming into Cal out of his group. He has all the physical tools you'd want in, like, a lockdown defender and uh, kind of above-the-rim playmaker. Spiderfly. Spiderfly, exactly. So, I mean, it's not crazy to, you know, say he'll be the team's X-factor because if he brought it, I mean, he's going to shut down the other team's best ball handler or scorer. And then on the other end, he's going to be, you know, an offensive force, bouncy alley-oop guy, maybe a few three-pointers in the corner. But there was no player development, as we've touched on earlier. And he had a fluctuating role throughout the season. His minutes kind of were up and down. So didn't turn out, but I will defend the pick. But your pick, on the other hand, turned out and then some. Yeah. Matt Bradley. I'm trying to tell you guys. (laughs) Uh, Profit. (laughs) Profit. Matt Bradley. I mean, I I look at the guy, and I'm like, this guy's built like a ninja turtle. Like, he's going to be tough. He's going to be crafty. He's going to do all the things that the Ninja Turtles do. That's honestly my educated opinion on it
2: was.
0: (laughs) Are we
1: just going to bring that? Are we just going to leave it at that? Yeah. And you guys are like, Rory, what are you talking about? Ninja Turtles. There's no way you base basketball decision off that. Was I wrong? No. No. (laughs) No, I wasn't. This man was one of our best players this year. Probably one of our most consistent. Also fearless. Fearless. They gave him the ball in clutch situations. This man situations. is Raphael.
0: Oh, you're, Ninja- you're giving him. I'm giving him Roth, bro. The most aggressive of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's some high praise. <laughs>
1: yeah, Matt Bradley, come see me. I got Ninja <laughs> Turtle stuff to give you. Is that is that tampering? Walk
2: around with a little. That's not, Hey, I'm graduating. Around. I can. Is that yeah. a
0: violation of NCAA regulations? Probably. <laughs> Can't give anybody a slice Come of pizza. Come
1: at me and Yeah, if you really want to get
0: if you want to get anybody in in like a that plays college sports suspended, just give them like a slice of pizza. Yeah,
1: just entrap them.
0: Just give them yeah. anything free. Give them a free pencil. It's like, oh you don't how a pencil, here you go. Oh, that's a violation. Yeah. Taking gifts. But now that we've sort of got a, a foundation in place, like we like we just looking at this team on paper, there's reason to believe that they could at minimum, get the ten, hit the 10-win mark.
1: I didn't think they'd go above 12, though. That being said. It was... It was Best-case scenario, they were going to be, like, middle-of-the-road kind of Pac-12 team. The, I don't the, think any of us had expectations that they'd actually compete. You know? it, was, it was still a rebuilding year. It most definitely was, yeah. but I
0: think just considering the guys that you had... You could have squeezed 10 wins out of that. Just hit that double Ten, at yeah. minimum 9, just at least get over that 8 win barrier.
2: Especially considering the Pac-12. Oh yeah.
0: State, yeah. And I th- I think there's even reason to believe that the Pac-12 might be worse next year too. Cuz they wow. lost there's a lot of talent that's been lost. You can go I up And Arizona's
1: got a great recruiting class though. Arizona USC and USC. That's pretty good, right?
0: They do have the good US recruiting classes, but I Morgan. think that there's a lot more guys being lost than that are being brought in. I think if you go up and down every single team... Yeah,
1: Stanford's kind of... I don't know what they're doing.
0: Because they, Stanford in particular, they lost, they lost Sharma. They lost Akpala. I think those are the two main contributors that they're going to be losing. But if you look at up and down every single team going forward, everybody's losing at least one key player. And once you start getting into the top of the Pac-12, you start seeing a lot of stars being lost. Mm. So with that being said, it's, you know, whether it be next year or this year, I think there's just always this expectation that, considering how bad the state of affairs are in the conference as a whole, there should be an improvement. And as far as this past season is concerned, that wasn't the case. Now, and things were just bad from the jump. (laughs) The very first game of the season, you know, they go, they make the trip out to China, you know, they spend a week there. All Did the, not get arrested, though. All the PR. You know, Shout out
1: UCLA. <laughs> that is we're true. way better
0: behaved. I think the bar is just so low. That's why we're ranked behavior. above them
1: in the rankings, right? Public school, you. Because no
2: theft in there. Because they like, yeah,
1: that LeAngelo Ball situation downgraded them. You know, they're
0: pretty much equal in every department, but then once you get into the the shenanigans department. It's like, um, uh, hmm. yeah. Also, the like like,
1: John Wooden, LiAngelo Angelo. There's also the
0: breakout of measles at UCLA, which is like what? A, oh yeah. yeah, there's like people a break. Measles. Yeah, people are being quarantined at UCLA. Wow. Not good optics for UCLA. Wow. Uh, Mick Cronin. The angriest measles man you ever meet. Stealing. It's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a rough stretch for the UCLA athletic department. But that first game of the season, Yale beats the brakes off of Cal in the very first game Yale. in China. They become the, Cal becomes the first team since the inception of the Pac-12 China game to lose it, and considering next year there's going to be two Pac-12 teams, they might be the last one. Now, I will give Cal you know, a little bit of – I will ease the loss a little bit. Yale was a team that won the Ivy League. They made it to the NCAA tournament. They had Mie Oni. Ended up being the 2019 Ivy League Player of the Year. But the optics of that loss were not good, especially because it was on ESPN as well. And, you know, just for the entirety of the college basketball world to see Cal just get smacked on a national stage right off the bat, it didn't set a good tone for the season by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Yeah, I mean, losing to Yale... (laughs) Half. What time was that game on here? I remember. So the game. It was like a morning game, right? It was a night game. So I remember. Oh, okay. The game took place. It was a weird time.
0: At like seven o'clock Pacific Standard Time, or some some late time. But they didn't. ESPN didn't air it until an hour after it was over, or like right after it was over for some strange reason. I don't know what the rationale was on that. Just a thought. They, but it was it was they definitely knew what strange. Because <laughs> by the time it aired, it was like midnight. at for people that went to Yale. It was like 9 o'clock. It was on a Friday night, too. So
1: not a lot of people were probably watching that game, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, my biggest takeaway from that game, though, I remember, was just confusion. Because when you're playing halfway across the world, you don't know whether to blame it on travel. And it's early in the year. There's a lot of bad habits they have to break. So I didn't really know as bad as they looked I wasn't freaking out by that point. I was like, you know what? It's just one of those games. There's so many external factors you could blame it on. They didn't, they didn't I was giving them the benefit of the doubt, to be honest.
2: But also, like, you go there across the world for one game, you know? One game, and you think, like, ah, oh, they could put up a little bit better fight than that. Yeah,
1: especially against Yale. Yeah. Like, come on.
0: It was definitely a game where everyone just looked super out of sync. You know, there were a couple of good debuts. Paris Austin had 18 points in his Cal debut. Bradley with 13, Andre Kelly grabbed 10 rebounds, but Suing looked really out of sync, Darius McNeil, he was 0 of 8 from the field, 0 for 3 from three-point land, it was just, you know, the beginning of a game, in the same sense as the beginning of the season, you want to set a tone for the rest of the year, and it wasn't the best tone in the world to be setting, and I think it kind of set the stage for what this season would end up being, which was... Technically, the second worst season in program history, right next to the 17 18 season. We went
1: back to back. The <laughs> it's it's the in the worst way possible. And,
0: and just looking back on some of the non conference games, it was a. I don't think confusing is the right word. I think maybe strange is more of the right word. It was just a really strange non conference slate for not necessarily in the teams they played, but just how those games went. You know, their first home game, it was Hampton, and no disrespect to Hampton, but, you know, looking at the talent of that team, it's very much a one-man team, Jermaine Morrow, and, you know, Cal in the first half really comes out with a lot of energy, but in the second half, Hampton starts coming back, and they start cutting that deficit, and they end up winning by, I believe, 14 points, but for Hampton to be in that game was eye-opening. The same thing happened with Santa Clara, despite Santa Clara not having their best player. That was when I started getting worried. The same Santa thing kind of happened with San Jose State. San Jose State was close. It's crazy. And I, th- I think it was you know the San Jose State game. That was one of those games where they did tack on some points, like in the latter, like once the game was kind of decided. But just for that game to so it's
1: all underclassmen. On that that was the Jose's thing too. Teams. I know like, that this was not an experienced, like Spartan team. It was,
0: and I remember the coach just. San Jose State's coach actually was in the press room after the game, and I remember him just being, kind of glad that his guys stayed in and and competed. Yeah, with he was Cal. super proud of his team. But for Cal to only win that game by, eight points, it was not a great look at all. Especially when considering if you look at, where San Jose State ended. to. to to reference Ken Palm, the mighty Ken Palm, our Lord and Savior Ken Palm. Shout
2: out.
0: Well, Roy, I want you, I want you to guess where San Jose State finished of the three hundred and fifty-three Division One teams. Where Ken Palm ranks them? Three
1: forty-one.
0: That's incredibly close. Three hundred forty-third. Ooh. An eight-point win over the three hundred thirty-third, three hundred forty-third ranked school in yeah, the nation. Yeah, they've That's always not been terrible. Look not a great look. Yeah. But I think even more even more if not more concerning than that
1: win, the Cal Poly game. The Cal Poly game is when we should have pulled the fire alarm, had the sprinklers going. It was a evacuate.
0: It was a 67-66 win and it took a Paris Austin game winner with the final seconds of the game ticking down. To beat the 334th team in the nation, according we needed to We a on. buzzer
1: beater to beat them. And keep in mind that Austin got work that game. Donovan Fields, the Cal Poly point guard, dropped 26 points on him. Uh, that was shocking. I think they came back at one point, too. So,
0: uh, well, if, if Austin hit the game winner then when he hit it, because they only won by one, so they yeah. had to have been up. Cal Poly had to have been up by one yeah. right before he hit it. Yeah. So you're looking at a situation where a do-or-die game winner, like, losing to a team. Like, if Austin misses that shot, game's probably over. Oh, yeah. Like, you probably would have had to play the free throw game, but...
1: I it was strange, too, because, like, I felt like the buzzer <laughs> beater kind of overshadowed how shocking and concerning that loss was. Because I remember in the press room afterwards, Viking was actually pretty... Like he's like, ah, oh, we can do some stuff better, but I'm proud of my team. This is a good win, blah blah blah. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, dude, you almost just got worked by Cal Poly. Cal I don't, Poly this is
2: ended their season six and twenty-three. Yeah. Atrocious. Like,
1: what conference do they even play in? I don't West. even know. Yeah. Shout out to
2: the West. No shout out. No shout out. No
1: shout out to the West. No.
0: So it was, you know,
1: that then, freaked me out.
0: And then you, you kind of contrast those non-conference games with the St. John's one, where they nearly upset them. Darius McNeil went super high fee. That was at the beginning of the
2: season, right? Yeah, this
0: is all in the non-conference. That was a nationally televised game as well. It was at the Barclays Center. At the Barclays Center. You know, you have Darius McNeil and Shimori Pons of their lefties just, like, going up against each other. And then the San Diego State game, where San Diego State didn't end up being one of the better teams in their conference. It's sort of a little bit of a shocker. They had good prospects, though. They did. Uh, And
1: That was insane.
0: You know, on paper, San Diego State is a better team, and then you you come see you know suing hit the big three matt bradley hit the big three and so
1: that was one of the better games of the year honestly and
0: really? all in all it was just like when you look at those games the saint john's and the san diego state and then you look at the other games it's just it painted a really confused it was a jackson pollock it was just like we're yeah, throwing stuff at they the played players.
1: well against top tier talent like shimori Pons and uh i'm blanking on the name of the san, san diego state forward mcdaniels uh, mcdaniels he's like a projected first round pick um and you're like how are you playing this well against them and then donovan fields is giving you work like how is this what is going on i think that it was shocking
2: i remember watching that st john's game and there had been like a lot of like negative expectations for this season you know and i was still like kind of like getting on board with it and I was, like, thinking, oh, like, maybe Rory and Justice are wrong about this season, you know? Like, <laughs> maybe they're underestimating the strength of this team. But then, you know, a couple well, weeks later, it's like, no. Nope.
0: No. they uh, Properly. Eval- right. Well, I think we made a, if anything. overvalued. Yeah, over, Yeah, yeah
1: overvalued <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, well, there's also a couple of, you know, in regards to this past season, some, some conference games to get to. Uh, we are running a little, you know, short on time because I do want to touch upon, like, the – the final saga of the Viking era, so to say, but there's a couple that we can talk about. You know, definitely the Washington State one where they lost by 23 in front of, as you said, 10 people. Uh, the they should have never came back. The controversial loss the to Stanford on the charge, uh, Roy. What are your thoughts? Ban on the charge? the charge! There was the 11-point loss to Oregon for the 11th straight loss to give them the record. There was the OT loss to UCLA, one of the more difficult basketball games that we've ever had mm-hmm. to watch.
1: That was honestly the most disgusting display of basketball I've ever witnessed in my life.
0: But in regards to the losses, there's one game that I want to highlight. It was despicable. It was the 18-point loss to Utah because that game
1: gave us... We were in the stands. We were. You were, you were on yeah, press row. Me Utah, and Justice yeah. are in the stands. We're getting that fan experience. So the, <laughs> the loss... Was to exhilarating, to I exhilarating. <laughs> So the, the loss,
0: sadness was palpable. The loss to Utah wasn't anything special in terms of just a loss, but what we were gifted was one of the more memorable quotes that Viking has ever given <laughs> given us. Somewhat, you want to read it? I don't have, Do have it in front of me unfortunately.
1: Do we have the sound bite? Actually, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of reading yeah. it off, let's
0: play the sound bite. We're going to we're going to pause real quick. We're going to play that sound bite for you and then we're going to off our thoughts on that one. Yeah. We gotta get away from each other for a little bit. You know, so we have we have a long break and and my my staff and I we're gonna go out and recruit on Monday and Tuesday and
2: we're gonna have the guys shoot.
0: We're gonna have the guys um get together. I'm I'll put together a workout and, and, and they'll do some individual workouts on Monday and Tuesday and then we'll give them Wednesday off and we'll we'll reconvene and come together on Thursday, Friday, Saturday to prepare for Stanford. And so I think I think we just we just need a break, you know. Everybody's just kind of you know, um, we're all competitors, we all have pride. Um, you know, this just doesn't feel good. And so, you know, hit the reset
1: button. You know, take a break and then come back together and, 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 and figure it out.
0: Now we've heard a lot of, watch the films. We've heard a lot of, we gotta look back on this one, we're gonna have to make adjustments, this, that, and the third. A at length. But we have to get, we, we talked about this when it happened, but we have to get away from each other. I think that's one of the more memorable, if not the most memorable piece of sound that Viking has ever provided.
1: That, I was honestly so shocked when he said that sitting in press row. I'm pretty sure we looked at each other when he said that and we were like... Did he say that? What? Can we we run that tape (laughs) back? That?
2: I I feel like that's something you might think to yourself, but... um... To actually
1: verbalize that?
0: Because I, I understood the sentiment It's there's a week off We're gonna go recruit But the way Like the words he used to say it We gotta get away from each other It's Basically it, quitting it's, a, it's such a negative connotation With those particular words So
1: I mean he should have been fired on the spot if, if, After he said that honestly
0: If Viking would have just said You know Me and the team Are you know We're gonna go recruit We're gonna allow the team To have a couple days off And then we're gonna get back to it Okay cool not big of a deal but to say we have to we're going to get away from each other that makes it sounds like they just despise each other yeah you know it's a bad marriage and they
1: gotta they can't yeah someone's gotta get the hotel we gotta take a break yeah i'm gonna sleep on the couch oh no (laughs) my god but you know they put jacob in charge right yacoub yacoub was put in charge thereby sowing the seeds for his own coup because the players realized they could operate without him, he had no idea.
0: Well, I was gonna mention, you know, I was I wanted to go over the Washington and the Wazoo and the Stanford wins, because I think those are pretty big. But should yes. we just
2: should we just transition to the,
0: to the actual firing? Which which direction should we go here? I think
2: we should touch on the win. Oh,
0: okay, yes. so yeah. So, the the win against Washington, that was the very first week that Washington was ranked. They started the season twenty fifth. They had a couple <laughs> bad losses. They spend the next like 13 weeks trying to get ranked again. So they're number 25 again after like the entire season. And Cal beats them 76-73 on at the home. day
1: they clinched the Pac-12. The
0: not even the day, like hours prior. Yeah. They clinched the Pac-12 title. And that's how they And they had a celebrate. lot of
1: NCAA tournament buzz like, oh, this could be a sleeper. That 2-3 zone is going to frustrate teams.
2: I remember I went to the UCLA game thinking this is going to be the conference win and then yeah. it did remember they didn't did deliver that. and out of the
1: blue the washing game was the most surreal feeling i ever had like it had that feeling of where you wake up in the middle of the night from a really weird dream and you're just kind of hazy and you're not really walking straight and you get up to go get a glass of water and you're like pinching yourself that's how i felt after they beat washington I as it was happening i was like this is this is not gonna last this is not gonna happen
0: yeah, because they also had some quality looks down the stretch. Like Dom Green did take like that really bad 30-footer. Yeah. But David Crisp had a clean look at the basket, and in conference play, David Crisp, he in that game he played he had, like, really well. He had in that 32 game. points, I believe. He was the only
1: one who showed up for them, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, Matisse didn't have the greatest Denison game.
1: Davison sucked. <laughs> Just straight. He was straight garbage in that game. Just
0: straight disrespect. Yeah. All disrespect. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely one of those games where, and we were like, you know, we recorded that you know little video after the press conference, and it did f- like after, because you know, heading into that game, we had the loss counter, or not the loss counter, but the the percentage, of, the chance of a winless record, and that Wazoo game, we were looking at that like this is going to be the one game that they can win, because heading into the Washington game, they
1: had three games left, and for it to happen on that night, it kind of. It threw everything we were planning as far as, like, podcasts and content and stuff. Like, we were going to build a huge hype around that Washington State game. And then UW blows it and kind of throws all our plans. Selfishly. It completed
0: the, the, I saw on Reddit, the the quote-unquote cycle of suck. Yeah. (laughs) Where every team had beat at least the other. And so you have this, like, cycle. It's like cal beat washington who beat so and so and it's like you just have this entire cycle and that like that was like the the final infinity stone so to speak i haven't seen it don't spoil it for me serena no i haven't seen it yeah okay we're (laughs) we're gonna leave that to the arts department shout out to the arts department but you know the wazoo went to i don't think you know i don't think there was too much out of the ordinary we did think that there was going to be a little bit of scrap
1: we did at one point there was some ellaby was getting hot
0: LB was getting hot. Paris Austin blocked, I think, Ahmed Ali's, like, last second three-pointer for no yeah. reason. We were, like, thoroughly watching the post-game handshake to see yeah, if something we was going to pop off. And then the Stanford game, too. I think that's just worth noting because Connor Vanover, his, his coming-out party.
1: Vanover was insane in that game. Did he have two or three straight three-pointers from the wing at one point?
0: It was something like that. To open the game. The, like, one the that... game
1: opened, like, 13-2 to two or something.
0: The one that really caught my attention was, it was on the left wing, you know, you have Josh Sharma, not completely in front of him, maybe two feet in front of him, and then you have Oscar Da Silva to his right. Da Silva's 6'9", Sharma is 7 foot, and then he just splashes it right over KD style. It was ridiculous, but what was even more ridiculous is the fact that, A, Cal jumped out to like a 25-4 lead. Yeah. B, they almost squandered it. C, they stopped going to Vanover almost completely in the second half when he had like eight so he ended with twenty four. He had eighteen in the first half.
1: Harris Austin also thought he was on one in that game. And he was very much not. <laughs> almost
0: definitely. A lot of a lot of strange decision makings. They felt very complacent down the end. But Trying to pad those stats. We did make a a little ch- a trip to Shake Shack beforehand. That doesn't really relate to the game. Also, I just, Mark Spears. I thought it was, was worth there, Mark was Spears was there. Strange. And then he even tweeted out a picture of the score when it was super lopsided. It was a very strange game.
1: I guess he was there for Paula. I mean, I can't think of any other. I'm not sure. He was there.
0: I know that some of the luster of that game kind of faded because of the Washington and Washington State wins. Yeah. Because if Cal lost to Washington to Washington State, there would have it would have that game would have had a lot more writing on it because now you're not just looking at, you know, another game. You're looking at if Stanford, their rival, can be the one to put the nail in the coffin on the loss or the winless conference game. But after that, in terms of context, yeah, it was just kind of an yeah, ordinary game. And there wasn't much of a crowd showing either.
1: Like Horrible. Yeah. I mean,
0: a, a,
2: the win would have meant more, too, probably, if it was the only conference win it was against big rival, you know? Yeah,
0: most definitely, and I thought there would have been more of a crowd just considering, you know, that was Akpala's last home game, you know, and I don't Sharma. Sharma as well, and yeah. they gave him a little send off, and you know, no one, I think even the press conference, no one really wanted to say it. I think someone even alluded to it, but like, like is probably one of the, you know, with the exception of maybe Reed Travis, he's one of the better players that Stanford has had in terms of lottery potential in quite some time, and for there to be just a very quiet crowd for both his last game and Cal's last and you know it's Cal too it felt very that's a a robbery it felt like it was just like a random like run-of-the-mill opponent yeah which kind of took away some of the luster but those were that that Stanford game would be the last loss of the season Cal would lose to Colorado in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament actually rather close game actually came down to the final minutes and after that loss it really McKinley, right nasty
1: nasty man he's a bad man
0: that's a Stephen A. That's a bad, That's a bad man. man. But so after that game, you know, the question starts to really, you know, marinate in everyone's mind. So to say, is is Wyking gonna be back? Because they won their. Or last is he gonna be gone? Four,
1: yeah. There was buzz that he might stay. It might be enough to turn the tide.
0: You know, it did bring the question of, like, if Cal just spread those wins over, like, the entirety of conference play, does that matter? Does that change things? And I think, you know, I I do want to admit, I think especially after the Stanford game, we kind of got caught up in the moment a little bit where it's like, whoa, like, what does this change? Does this change anything? Where if this win had been, like, dispersed, like, throughout the season, we're looking at a different thing. But the the quote-unquote major news breaks on March 22nd, you know, Jeff Goodman reports that Jones is going to stay as the head coach. Two hours after, Evan Daniels reports that Darius McNeil is going to be transferring. Two hours. So we're kind of, you know, we record the podcast right after, and we're left wondering with this feeling oh of, God, you know, is this really happening? Like, can will we ever
1: release that pod?
0: We will. I don't think we'll ever release it. I what think about it's to
1: our premiums. Like,
0: yeah, um, follow us on Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> Our non-existent mm-hmm. Patreon.
1: We have to at least listen to it ourselves.
0: I think that'd be fun to listen to, just yeah. to, for the, the retrospective it's like a to listen. Time
1: capsule of an alternative universe. It's crazy.
0: So then we have the two days later. You know, John Canzano, the man who keeps going in on the Pack twelve with absolutely no mercy whatsoever, drops the bombshell at one eighteen that Jones has been fired. Eight minutes later, tweets out that uh, several players met with Knowlton. They promoted reverse on the decision to stay. Uh, in other words, there might have been a coup. Because typically, when you know, typically when you see players going to the AD, it's because they want the coach to stay. In this case, it's <laughs> maybe because they wanted to leave.
1: Yes. Literally, like no one can think of an example of this happening
0: before. I think Sam Bassini even noted that. Yeah. You know, we never see things like this happen. Never. And then. Power
2: to the people, though.
1: Yeah. Taking down the bourgeoisie. I was just Shut about to say Berkeley. it's the revolution. That's what we do. Season I means know. production,
0: and I think it's also fitting that you know, the two-year anniversary of Viking being officially hired is also the same day that he gets officially fired, and ofi- officially closing the book on the Viking era. Or is it? Because the book may have closed. But there's like there's a little prologue. Is it it prologue or no? Epilogue. Epilogue. Stay in in school, kids.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because then in the aftermath of this, you know, we see Darius McNeil obviously transfers. But then we have Suing and Vanover. Well, Harris Dyson just pulled his name. But you know, Suing and Vanover in the transfer portal. But you wearing the backpack. You not backpack watch. Backpack watch. But you even had you know Harris Dyson entertaining the thought. And I think it really speaks to the state of affairs when. We looked at this team, and we could only think of two players who may not have had any incentive to transfer whatsoever. And, you know, it just really spoke to the residual damage that Viking, you know, had done to this team. And then, you know, we also saw how Mark Fox, one of the things in his post-game or his, his uh, press conference was, you know, he wanted to tear down bad habits. So, <laughs> but anyhow, just... <laughs> I, this is sort of where the book of Viking just closes. I think this is going to be the last time that we touch upon Viking's
1: tenure at Cal. But Un- you really can't, like, it.
2: His legacy's going to live on. Yeah, when you're someday. this Not bad, legacy, the effect but. it has
1: on a program is at least like four or five years. Most definitely. Because you're just rebuilding from rubble. Because
0: the thing, too, is that they signed him for a five year contract and not in terms of just economics this man's still getting paid he's still going to be getting the rest of the three million that he's owed despite not coaching the last three years so whatever Fox is getting paid that's just being compounded upon what Viking is being paid but we're kind of we're hitting the minutes mark here we've already kind of exceeded it but do we have any before we just you know final say, thoughts on say goodbye to Viking do we have any final thoughts or is this just kind of it? It, the bitter it's made end it's for
2: some entertainment
1: yeah it's, there's been a yeah. lot of gallows humor with this team mm-hmm. all you can do with a team that's bad is make jokes laugh through the pain laugh through the pain And I think I hope this is like really like our dark ages as a program because up until this point Cal has been one of the most consistent Pac-10 slash 12 basketball programs in the conference when you look at it like we never usually finish below 4th in the Pac-12, historically, if you go down the line. And so we've been a consistent program, so if we can get back on track with that. Hopefully this was just a blip on the radar. I'm afraid it's going to have long-lasting damage, unfortunately, just for the brand. But, yeah, this was our dark ages. Hopefully there's a renaissance with Mark Fox.
0: Are we going to be round to experience that renaissance?
1: I'm not. Most definitely, you won't. I will be with Andrew in the stands <laughs> with our renewed season tickets. Shout out, Andrew. Mundy. Shout
0: out. Uh, and as you mentioned a couple podcasts ago, like this, the Viking era might be, you know, something that the Cal fan talks about in the metaphorical bar at three a.m. Yes. Looking <laughs>
1: back on the days. Talking about coups and film, and length. Getting away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> My God.
0: But you know, Serena, do you have any final thoughts on on Wiking before Wiking. we shut the book on this, um, this chapter of Cal Men's basketball?
2: I think it's mostly been said, but um, his effect will definitely be felt, and I am I am grateful that I got to experience um, this this thing I don't know this whatever thing? this was <laughs> this up and down tumultuous adventure that we went on with Viking.
1: for better or worse. Wow. I honestly feel like we're talking about the Trump presidency right oh, now. Oh, God. When people, this is literally the same exact phrasing and tone honestly, yeah. that yeah. people have. So, well, did that, I say Viking Jones is Donald, Donald Trump? Maybe. <laughs> oh <my God>. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so.
0: Have we seen them in the same room together? Probably not. Probably
1: not. I look forward to seeing him in his next film, though. Bench this Warmers 2. actor. Yeah. Make it happen, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Let's do it. I do
2: wonder what Vikings like, up to these days.
1: I think the saddest Maybe we part. we can have a follow-up episode. Yeah, um, we can call them Vikings Whereabouts. We've been so nice to him, especially <laughs> ten years from now. Just, I like, think the saddest thing is Connor Vanover is leaving because of this man.
0: Allegedly, because yeah. he can still come back. He can That's still the biggest thing. Come back, but
1: probably not.
0: We shall see. Because Jawan came yeah, back, yeah, and I feel yeah. like if anybody have had hope, an incentive to leave, I think Connor, don't leave us,
1: man. <laughs> you're listening uh, to you're this, Connor. You're not the next Sean Bradley. <laughs> you're the next Porzingis, okay?
0: <laughs> With that being said, we are officially. I'm a, I'm a, We're closing the book closing on Viking, closing the book of Viking. And I don't know, this might be the last podcast we do for a while just because we're kind of we kind of hit the wall. We have finals. the metaphorical wall. We have dead week and finals. Maybe maybe we got to take a couple minutes we'll have to have to touch base in the and summer. And frankly,
2: so. the season ended a while ago, but the news just yeah, kept we've, coming. we kept
1: going,
0: yeah. <laughs> we kept it going.
1: This man has a baseball pod see what folks on as well
0: am i sleeping allegedly allegedly eating maybe (laughs) but you know i think we're gonna talk i think we're still gonna have something to talk about you know i've been contacting you know other writers that cover pac-12 teams about maybe going a little bit on you know their prospects just to keep the
1: brand alive but i've been texting bill walton (laughs) is he still eating lit cupcakes i cannot confirm nor deny Allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly.
0: <laughs> but, you know, until next time, I feel like this is actually our, our actual send off. I said it like, two, like a month and a half ago, but I feel like this is finally it. Until next time, Justice Del Santos, Rory O'Toole, Serena Carana, a.k.a. the Spice Queen, allegedly.
2: Spice. <laughs>
0: Signing off.